Well, hey, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. This is episode 19. Thank you for tuning in. I am so glad to have you back. I am Jay Gallegos, and I am very passionate about leadership development, growing spiritually, and helping others grow in life and leadership. So join me and our guests as we casually talk about things that we've learned spiritually and practical ways we can apply them to our life based on the Word of God. And we invite you into our conversation and together we'll get one step closer and further along in becoming who God has intended us to be one step at a time, just simply because we want to be effective and make an impact in every area of our life. And well, I had the privilege of having a great conversation with not only one guest, but three very special people. And that is none other than Sister Mitzi Monday, Genesis Casales and Jacob Moreno. And together as a team, they lead the youth ministry at Life Tabernacle and the Spanish ministry, Tabernacle de Vida, TDV in the Magnolia area here in Houston, Texas. And they definitely have their hands full with both the English and the Spanish youth ministry. And I love their passion for young people as well as young adults. They sat down with me to share their experience so far in leadership and youth ministry and how they're making a difference and they're making an impact in the lives of this current generation. And in this episode, the LT and TDV Youth Ministry team talked to me about all things youth ministry, leadership, and we discuss three important E's in leadership, and that is how to engage, how to equip, and how to empower young adults. Engage, equip, and empower. So you want to stick around to the end in this one. It is very valuable, especially if you are working and leading young adults. And well, I found this conversation to be very powerful and inspiring. It is a pleasure to invite you into my conversation with the LTs and TDV's youth ministry team. Sister Mitzi Monday, Genesis Casales, and Jacob Moreno, they're here with me to discuss about young people. And it's so good to have you guys on the podcast. Welcome on. For having good us. Good to be here. Super excited to be here to talk to you about today. Yeah, it is a pleasure to have you guys on. I absolutely love the content that you guys are putting out on social media. I love what you're doing with the young people. And it really shows the passion and the love that you have for the young people. I love to see that. Sister Mitzi, I know that you have uh, worked with young people in the past and, and now you're involved with bringing others along with you and kind of taking uh, the, the team under your wing and, and helping develop. And some of the things that uh, I would like to talk about with you and, and, and kind of ask you some questions about how to engage with young people, um, how to equip young people and how to empower young people. And I feel like that is uh, a very important area, especially for the churches. But before we get into all that, and this is a question for whoever wants to take it first, and we can start with you, Sister Mitzi. Most people would typically run away from youth ministry. I've seen people say, well, you know what? That is not for me. That is not my area. I, I, that's, they will, they will do everything to pull away from it. But then you have some people that will run to it. And I see that in you and your team. What makes you run and lean into youth ministry? I think for a lot of years, for many years, I've had just a passion, I think, to, to be to them 
what I needed at their age. And coming up in church, of course, I came up in a very different uh, generation, a different time, and and some very tumultuous times, like in our church um, and otherwise, and just remember just some of the struggles and what I needed when I was their age. Like, you know, what 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 are the people, the people that I remember that helped me, um, what things helped me? Um, and being that for them. And even though it can be a, a tough age, um, they're young and they have such the time and the capacity to devote to growth and um, just, you know, really getting them into the workings of the church. And it, while it seems scary, it can be so, so rewarding. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to direct that question also to Jacob and Genesis. What makes you lean into youth ministry these days? Um, I think Mitzi definitely stole our answer a little bit on that one, but she has truly been the pioneer of of just really letting us know, you know, you need to be for our young people, our hyphen, what you needed at their age. And while we're still hyphen ourselves, um, we, I am at least a little bit older than a lot of our hyphen, a lot of our youth um, found in the church. And um, I know I could have avoided a lot of the hurt, the pain, and the struggles if if I had opened up a little bit when I was younger to our youth leaders. And um, coming from the Spanish church, we didn't really have a hyphen leader. We didn't really know what a hyphen leader was. And navigating life outside of um, my home in, in college, away from home, was something that I really just leaned into Mitzi and she she took me under my wing. And so learning how to be that to someone else and, and having a true servant's heart has been something that we have been instilled um, since a young age and now with Mitzi. That's excellent. Jacob, what makes you lean into and get close to youth ministry? For me, uh, obviously, uh, what Sister Mitzi said, being someone that someone needed, you would need at, your, at the time you were with uh, another person, I think that really speaks out because uh, there's a lot of times situations in our life that we wish you know, we had help in certain areas for, for me personally, uh, having help outside of church things, you know, what, what's, what's your work life going to be? What's your education going to be? Um, you know, those type of questions and, and, and guidance that we sometimes need, cause we focus a lot on the spiritual aspects, aspects on our lives, the, the more church related things, the more spiritual things, and that's all good and great. But a lot of times we do need guidance in, in our education, our, our work life and, because we are, are, as well as we're here to serve God, we're also here to, you know, to stay busy, stay, uh, you know, uh, provide for ourselves, provide for our families in, in the future. But that we also need guidance in that way, too. See, that's why I love this team, because you guys are so intelligent. You guys are on it and you guys are already doing it. You're equipping young people. And I say that just simply because of this. Based on your answers, I've, I've come to learn that with time and experience, one of the main pieces and fundamental pieces. And correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Sister Mitzi, but one of those things is the being a leader or having the mentality of, of a leader, being the leader that you didn't have or the leader that you wish you had has been one of the pivotal uh, pieces in my life and in my leadership. And I found it to be very fruitful. No, I, I feel the same way um, because, and I think, I think it all comes down to and again, you know, I'm speaking from a very different era that I grew up in. But then it was just, you know, whoever was available, hey, we need somebody to lead the young people. And it wasn't that we were we weren't loved, but they didn't care about us. But I don't think there was the focus 
and the realization back then what went into and that that you know you can you lose young people while they're young people you know they don't start making those decisions to walk away from god or to start struggling in their life when they're 18 19 20 no they start uh, they start making some decisions about life before they even tell you they're making them and i know that in my own life and so you know now, you know, because I mean, I, I've told our, our group in Genesis and Jacob many times that I grew up in an era where even like getting an education was very frowned on, you know, that wasn't considered spiritual, you know, oh, you just, you know, that's, that's just worldly knowledge. And there wasn't a, an appreciation that, um, you know, and I think Jacob really hit it when, with what he said, it's that it's, yeah, the spiritual we have to have that. That's a given. You know, we, if we're going to serve and, and live for God, that that's a part of our very core. But what I found too, is that it's those, those big life decisions, those relationships, those jobs that we take, those things that we don't know how to navigate are some of the things that can trip a young adult up more, more than lack of, you know, they may be struggling a little bit spiritually, but it's not knowing how to navigate relationships in the world, how to look at making those huge life decisions and how they interact and how they have to be just intertwined with the spiritual. Absolutely. And we've seen how the generations have are changing. They're currently changing and evolving in the mentality and the approach and in, in the, in the workforce, uh, in, in ministry, it's different methods that, that are necessary to be able to engage with young people. But what, what would you say, uh, amongst the differences, what would you say that you've learned from young people the most, uh, or what are the things that youth ministry has taught you? And we can start with, uh, Genesis. Yeah, I think it's taught me how, to love like Jesus loves, um, despite any circumstances at this age, you know, people are struggling to find their identity. They're trying to struggling to find, you know, the relationships that they want to be in, in terms, like Jacob said, in the practical aspects too, but learning how to love them through all phases of life, all seasons of life, all attitudes of life is, is something that truly has, has, has youth ministry and hyphen ministry has truly taught me. Something that uh, youth uh, and hyphen ministry has taught me is to to be open to anything uh, from the start. I, I didn't start off saying, oh, I want to be a, a hyphen worker. I want to be a youth worker. I want to be a Sunday school teacher. It started uh, with just uh, being open to anything that was asked of me. And, in, in, you know, years before, Mitzi would always say, hey, I need help with this. Uh, can you help me set up chairs? Can you help me with the festival we're doing at church? Just being open and open to helping, open uh, to serving is what a big thing that we teach at our church. Um, so in that in that time of serving, it, it led from one thing to another. It's like, hey, can I can you help me teach with Sunday school? Mitzi, Mitzi's sister Mitzi's gonna be out this week. Can you uh, teach that Sunday? Can you help uh, coordinate this, this X Y Z? You know, for a certain uh, outing or, or event at the church. You know, and so it just built builds every 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 day builds. Um, you get more responsibility. The more trust you get with your leaders, sister Mitzi has you know given us so much trust. But we've also worked on, you know, being accountable, being uh, helpful, being just being available uh, has led mm-hmm. uh, me to just being uh, helping with something unrelated to hyphen and youth to being a, a, a worker and Sunday school teacher and has shown me how to, you know, really just be open to and just say yes sometimes, you know, don't just be available. 
That's excellent. I love the servant leadership, the servant heart, and that that is going to help you grow uh, as you go for sure. And Sister Mitzi, what are some of the differences that stand out to you most when you see the current young adult generation now versus the now older generation in the past? I think two of the ones, I guess, that as as I was thinking about this, you know, um, the last week or so, uh, two of the things that really stood out, one was, is, is um, they're slower to grow up and to mature. Um, there's a delayed adulthood in a lot of situations. Um, and, and I know there's a, a lot of different reasons, you know, for that. Um, but it's, it's that struggle to commit to something, to say, you know, um, I'm, I'm going to step out here and, and start a path. It's that hesitancy, you know, so they kind of just linger back and, and sometimes they can find themselves two or three years, you know, after high school and nothing's happened because they're just kind of like, you know, going with the flow and not, not, not setting that path for themselves. And the other one, um, that I think really, it, which is one I think I struggle with the most in trying to help young people and and young adults, is that there's been a big shift um, for, with and in a lot of it's you know I, I know exactly where it comes from and it's very tied to social media, and I know a lot of young people you know when they hear you know, ministry or someone older than them, it's like, oh, really? Go, oh, that's real cute. Go ahead, bash social media. Let's just blame everything on social media. Um, and, and it's not that. There's a lot of good coming out of it as well. But there's also that double-edged sword. And what's happened is, is, and especially this last generation and probably the part of the generation right before that, that was coming, you know, the last of that one is that this is all they have ever known. And so what I'm seeing is there's a more of a focus and it's a dangerous one that's where they're more absorbed with appearance. Okay. What people think they are than who they truly are, which is substance. You know, am I honorable? Do I have integrity? Um, do I have a, a good character? And so sometimes they don't know who they are and they don't show who they truly are. And I know that's not totally uncommon in youth or young adult because, you know, sometimes there's that hesitancy. I, I am still in many ways as a young person trying to figure out who I am, what my path is going to be. But um, when much of my, those, what used to be a, a very one-on-one -on -one personal, real contact with people, because there was no other outlet, right? There was no social media. There was no, you know, popping somebody a DM or an IM, you know, phones weren't even what they were back then. So if you interacted with someone, it was 99% of the time in person. And so there were certain things you couldn't get away with. And so it's, and it's, you, you see it bleed into everything to where, you know, it's so important that people think I'm okay, but I am not focusing on, am I okay? You know, it's more yeah. about what I'm putting out there than what I really am. And that that worries me more than anything when it comes to social media is that, you know, that the enemy can use that and we can feel like, well, if I'm presenting I'm okay, then I am okay without really knowing that in my heart 
that I know who I am, I know what I stand for, and that I'm a person of substance. Let me ask you this, because that is a common theme nowadays with this generation, the, the lack of identity. And I've, I've heard that a lot. I've seen it. And, and you resonate that here today. How do you identify when somebody, someone is struggling with identifying themselves? What, what type of tendencies do you see in them? Or how do you pick up on that as a leader? I think one one common thing is that um, that that movement um, from trend to trend. Um, you know, there's like certain people like certain things. You know, we 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 always joke with Genesis. Genesis is this thing with dinosaurs. Um, you know, we we all have our stuff, right? And so when when a, a person, you know, they are who they are, you see those things bubble up time and time again in them because it's something that makes them laugh. It's something that's yeah. cool to them. It's a music they like. It's a thing they like. But often in young people, you see them not able. It's like you don't see something consistent coming up. I mean, we all love a certain trend or will go a certain way with new things that come out. They resonate with us. So we gravitate to them. But there's always that core that you see in someone and you know, I'm seeing Jay, I'm seeing Genesis, I'm seeing Jacob. Um, but when they are constantly like whoever I'm with, that's who I am. That's where I see a warning sign mm. because I'm kind of molding to who I'm with. That's interesting. And I would call that more of like the chameleon effect. Yes. Like you tend to blend in with the group you're in to feel liked or to feel approved, appreciated. Or, and that is very interesting. And thank you for sharing that, Sister Mitzi. So one of the things that I also wanted to ask you, and, and Jacob, maybe you can take this one. You've seen different ways of how to outreach with young people. And you've seen how to, you've seen what works, what doesn't. What methods of outreach have you seen hit the most with young people? What resonates with them? What do they react to the most? Uh, I think the thing that, that has really, you know, hit home with them is, is, you know, just reaching out to them outside of, of the times of your service, you know, uh, remembering like what we're saying, what, what they like, what, what things are interested, showing that you, one, you care and show that you're willing to invest time and effort into them. Uh, there's times, you know, where someone who isn't very talkative, but once you hit on that thing, that's their favorite thing. You know, they, they will go hours or, or they'll just go on and on about about that one thing and show you that, oh, if 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 they see, oh, the person that's talking to me about this that I'm interested in, they care, you know. So so I think just really like connecting to your people, connecting, you know, more outside of church and, you know, seeing how they're doing. I know a big thing is when we have our our, our outings, something at the church to say, hey, uh, are you going to be able to make it? And so and it's it gives them more like, oh, they really want me to be there. So I'm going to try my best to be there because, you know, the, our, our, their, our, our leaders or our, our, the workers or helpers, you know, they, they, they show interest. They show that they, you know, they feel love. They feel cared for. They show, right. they feel that someone is there for them. Someone is there to, you know, invest time in them. And, and, and they, some of those uh, young, young adults or young people don't have that, you know, they don't like, they don't feel like they fit in, in their schools and, and they don't have many friends. So just showing uh, that you that you care and that you're willing to show interest and that, you know, whenever you're listening to them, you are truly listening. It's just not it's just not the hey, how are you doing? How's school? You know, we get that question a lot. And, you know, a lot of young people, we tend to ask that because that's what's going on in their life. But, you know, sometimes we just want to talk about 
what our interests and you know so yeah. i think just investing time has you know really helped and just showing we, we we're there for them yeah that's excellent and genesis what are some of the struggles that you've seen uh, engaging with young people because we know the pandemic affect everybody and we know that it's a struggle and it's a consistent intentionality uh, over time with the church, engaging with youth ministry, connecting with young people, what challenges have you faced in reconnecting and reengaging with young adults here? I guess we can consider it post-pandemic or I guess this phase that we just went through these last two years. That's an excellent question. I think um, definitely post-pandemic, there is, has been a, a flood of events, a flood of things to do, a flood of um um, things that our, our youth are a part of, our hyphen need to be a part of with our church, with everything around them. It seems that everything is important and everything needs their attention immediately. So trying to teach them how to prioritize and, and for us too, learning how to prioritize the things that are essential, the things that are um, important right now and that need attention right now is something that we've definitely struggled with and, and trying to work with them and trying to create content that reaches them, even though we can't have them on Sunday service or we can't have them midweek um, or we they don't show up to our event, just putting content out there that is still practical, that's still informative, and that still touches on biblical principles that they know, but they don't know how to apply to their lives. So trying to hit that aspect um, is something that we've been trying to navigate and, and figure out. That's great. And we're going to come back around to Sister Mitzi here in a second. But first, I wanted to ask either Jen or Jacob, whoever wants to take the question first. We know that it's a different generation and things are not the same as they were early on for millennials, which is now the ones that are between the ages of 26, uh, late 30s, maybe early 40s, possibly. What would you say to the youth leader now that finds themselves struggling to connect or to get the attention of their young adults? Because I see you guys engaging very, very well on social media and I see you guys getting the reaction from the young adults. So that's interesting to me. What would you say to the youth leader that is struggling maybe that found themselves a few weeks ago or a few months ago, just asking themselves a question, whatever it is that I'm doing now is not working, but what would you tell the struggling youth leader that's trying to figure that out, figure out how to connect with their young adults now? Yeah. Well, um, you know, I'm going to take a little psychology twist on this. Um, yeah, let's have it. Yeah. Um, from the ages of, you know, 12 to 18, um, people truly struggle to find their identity. They're, they're confused with a lot of things, and that's the conflict at their age. And the conflict at the age of, of hyphen students is, is really about relationships. It's relationships versus isolation. And so to really combat that and, and get that, we, we mainly need two things. One is consistency, and the other one is learning how to form those relationships and being consistent in forming those relationships Something didn't work this time around. Well, I'm going to try something else. And I think um, at least for our hyphen group, um, Mitzi is a true testimony of consistency and and loyalty and fidelity and to the work of God, because we we joke about it all the time. But the way hyphen started in LT was truly with with Jason Moreno and Mitzi in a classroom one to one. And 
those prayers have resulted in us having over 35 students now in our hyphen combined with TDV. And so um, in LT, we have about 12 students. And so just that consistency that she demonstrated in forming those relationships and reaching out and, and saying, you know, hey, like, let's let's go out for food. Let's go out for coffee. Let's sit down and let's talk about things. And, and she was consistent with that. She's been consistent in forming those relationships and really gaining our trust in, in every aspect of life. So those are the two main things is that, that I think are, are very impactful to the life of, of students. That's great. And Sister Mitzi, I was very interested in asking you this question because when we consider the Apostle Paul, we know that he influenced Timothy. We knew that he knew how to relate to people. Uh, if influencers were a word back then, the Apostle Paul would definitely be a Jesus influencer, I think, in my yes, opinion. Yes. But with the Apostle Paul, he knew how to relate to people. And God put him in positions where, and he equipped him with his lifestyle and his way of being that related to a lot of different people, different, genera- different generations, uh, different cultures. So in 1 Corinthians 9.22, we see him say, To the weak I became as weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. So that to me speaks about relatability. It speaks to how he engaged with people. So I want to ask you this, as a leader, what does it mean to you and what does it look like when this concept is applied in engaging young adults specifically? Well, this passage is one of my favorite of Paul's, and I think it's because it's about finding common ground to save someone. Um, And I think sometimes as a leader, we struggle with, here's the way I think things ought to be done. Here's the way I think it ought to go. And I guess in the generation that I grew up in, that's how it was. You know, there was no, you know, hey, I understand where you're coming from. It was kind of like they they didn't know how to relate. They didn't know how to reach out and and make you make you at least feel like they were trying to understand the world you were living in or or the, the things that you were facing. And what I've always been amazed at is that this very thing, which is a biblical concept that Paul presented, was finding that common ground. And he said that it by all means that I might save some. And this is even used in the world, okay? You see it in in uh, hostage negotiations. You see it in first responders dealing with suicide attempts that are in progress, you see it with people trying to de-escalate irate individuals, because if you jump in headstrong and it's like you just, well, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna strong arm this. You know, this is what we do. Um, you know, we're not gonna explain, we're not gonna talk about it. Um, then it's not gonna go anywhere, and you can make it worse. But if you take a moment and you find common ground, then it builds trust. And I guess I've seen this over and over again through the years, because in order to reach someone, you've got to know who they are. You've got to know where they come from. You've got to know what makes them tick. And one thing that came to mind when when I was looking at this, and, and it may seem like an odd example, but it 
it, it's one of the many examples through the years that that let me know how important this is. And I had a young girl um, that was was in my group in in Florida, and she even lived with me probably for about six months at one time. And um, we were going by one day to get some things from her house, and she's like, "You can't come in." And I said, well, that's fine. I said, what are, what are you worried about? And she said, well, she said, you, you wouldn't understand, you know, she was talking about how they live and, and that they have a lot. And so we just got to talking, you know, and she only knew me as an adult. She only knew me in my current state. I was working. I had my own job. I had a career. And, you know, I said, you know, growing up, I said, you know, my, my dad went from military life to civilian life. So we didn't have, you know, we didn't have a lot. And I said, you know, what you think is is so foreign to me is not. And we just began to talk. And so it was it when we got to the house, she goes, come in with me. You know, she wanted me to come in with her, but she she was embarrassed by it. And and there's so many examples like that that you can that you can can lean into or that that I've had through the years where them just understanding that where they were was not so foreign to me. You know, mm. it may be a different setting, a different example, but they felt like that I could relate to them, you know, and, and so I think sometimes it's like finding that common ground that, hey, maybe I've walked the road you're walking, maybe not in the same way, the same situation. And, and that's what Paul did, you know, to the learned, he was that Jewish scholar that he was. But he, he said to the weak, I'm weak. You know, if we always lord ourselves and, you know, um, always present that in charge, I've got it all together, you know, leader who loves Jesus and just has all the pieces together, and we never show them our struggles, then how do we ever forge that bond? Yeah, that's a great way of explaining it. And thank you for sharing that. And I think that's very, very important. And from a psychology point of view, I think, Genesis, you could probably support this. We have the tendency of probably speaking about ourselves a lot because by nature and we, we like to share people what we're doing, what we're about, what, what we've accomplished. We, we like to share that, and that's perfectly fine. But when it comes to ministry, when you want to be about other people and, and you want to be relatable to win them over, you have to put that aside and ask more questions about that person. And like what Jacob mentioned earlier, that's one of the things that's going to engage with young adults. And I think in people in general, would you agree that it applies in, in different areas? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's something that um, we've learned and, and I've definitely learned is is how to balance both. Because one of my famous lines that I every time I teach, I'm like, it's not about you. And learning how to have that that servanthood is is yes, there's times where, where things are gonna be about you and there's there's questions that you know you can pour out to people. But the most impactful moments that I've had personally is when I ask, like, hey. Like you mentioned this last time about your school event or you're doing this and they're, they're like seeing their eyes light up and seeing like, oh, you remembered that about me. You make that connection. You make that that like that that form form a bond in, immediately. And so that's something that I think definitely has has been impactful. And um, 
going back a little bit to what Mitzi said about, you know, opening up ourselves and being vulnerable. I think a lot of the times in more of the Hispanic culture, we tend to not talk about those vulnerable topics, not talk about those struggles, not talk about those things that have formed who we are personally. And I know in some of my deepest struggles and some of my deepest pains, what my mama Mitz tells me, what my mom tells me personally is like, you know, that you don't know in the future who you're going to testify of this moment for. And God sometimes allows us to go through some struggles to, to be able to help someone else at their age, at our age in that time. And so that's something that often, you know, helps us find hope in, in moments that feel hopeless and, and finds us and, and helps form those connections that a lot of people have. Yeah, absolutely. And Jacob, uh, what can you tell me about being transparent and being open and vulnerable uh, in order to engage with young people? I think when you're most vulnerable is when you really speak to someone the most. Um, I think whenever you kind of share a little bit more uh, about yourself uh, in that sense of like your struggles, you know, there's there's times where, uh, you know, other people in the same room are, are, are going through the exact same thing. You know, uh, so we, we, we tend we tend not to see that sometimes because uh, we think, oh, they 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 probably don't relate because this is my personal thing, or or vice versa. You know, the the student feels, oh, they 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 don't know what I'm going through. Like what Sister Mitzi said about the young yeah. lady that, you know, uh, that Sister Mitzi would would ne- would never be removed from from what that lady was going through. And I've seen that a lot. You know, with within our, our students, you know, uh, it, with struggles in high school, struggles in 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 post, uh, post high school, uh, you know, just finding direction in life, you know, it's, and, you know, when I kind of talk to some of our students, I'm like, dang, I remember that. I remember that that's, that's, you know, sometimes I like to say like, that's baby me, you know, mm-hmm. that's, they're literally doing what I was doing, you know, back then. And then, and, and just kind of sharing like my testimony to them, my, my experiences and just kind of sharing more of, 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 your experiences so they can kind of learn off you, learn off of your mistakes, you know, so, so they don't make the same mistakes you did, or they just need guidance. They just need someone to know like, Hey, this isn't, I'm not the only one that is either going through this or went through that, you know? So, yeah, it helps like humanize us too. Mm-hmm. Like yep. I feel like a lot of times we see leaders in, you know, with high respect as, as they deserve and in high authority. But sometimes like, I know some of the, the most heart to heart I've had is when like, oh, like I realized like, Oh, you you went through this too. You struggled with this too. And like I've seen you go through it. So that means I can go through it too. And so it it helps us find, like I said, like before, like that hope and that that, you know, that that God's gonna see us through and see God's faithfulness in all of this, I think is important too. Yeah, and that's a great, great way of explaining it. And I've seen over the years how people have related or connected to a, to a message or connected to a testimony or whether it be in person or from the platform in the church in front of a larger group, it it really doesn't matter whenever you're open and transparent. I seen that that engages with people regardless of their age. Uh, In this case, we're talking about young adults, but they connect with that because they see that you've been through it, like you said, and then you came out of it and it gives them hope as opposed to coming off a little bit Mm self-righteous And talking about how good we have it or how consistent we've been, you know, making it about ourselves. I've seen that being more open and transparent and vulnerable, that has been a very, very powerful tool with engaging and also connecting to the person's heart and their person's spirit. And what happens 
after that is that they react to it and they actually bridge that gap between you, the message you and that person by connecting with their heart and they get to come closer to Jesus. And I think that is a very important tool. So one of the things that I love to talk about is also equipping because at heart, I'm naturally a teacher. If somebody asks me a question and they generally want to learn, I want to teach them, whether that be spiritual, uh, practical, anything in vocational. So I love to teach and I love to equip young people. So I want to ask Jacob and Genesis, what are some of the bigger questions? What are the common questions that you see amongst young adults? And what do you see them asking these days? I think uh, recently we, we've been doing a lot of, uh, you know, breaking down things, uh, you know, more in depth. Uh, so we've we've also like just gone and and asked our students what do you what do you want to learn about what what is something that questions you have and uh, a lot of these things are are some things that we we talk about a lot in the church but we don't explain how to utilize it how to put it to practice you know like we can quote scripture we can we, we know what fasting we know what prayers we know all these types of spiritual things but we don't know how to apply it to our lives you know we don't know how to take what we learn from the word, take what we learn from the preachings and teachings and, and utilize that in our life. So, uh, and also pretty much just asking what, what questions do I have on these things? And we can break it down. We can, uh, you know, take a whole, uh, 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 hyphen event to, to, to explain it, make it, make it a whole lesson, take it as a a series for Sunday school, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that's something that, you know, it's, it's, it's for it's for them, you know. It's it's for us too, but it's also for everybody. It's also, you know, just uh, taking everything we know. Like I said, we know scripture, but we got to learn how to utilize it. Yeah, I think like some of the the topics and the conversations I've had, like for example, one of our events coming up is called conflict resolution, and so that literally came out of a conversation we had with the student after a fasting. Um, event we had and so they they truly they didn't know how to navigate those hard practical real life experiences and things so we try to okay like you're going through this that's what we're going to teach about like we go through series on the boundaries of dating breaking that down and and um learning how how to do that financial aspects too we are all getting out of high school. We're getting jobs. We're trying to pay for school. We're trying to help our families out. How do we budget? How do we do a lot of real life things? And and th- those things sometimes, um, one of the, the, the more prominent ones has been balance. How do we balance? How do we manage our time? How do we ban- manage a routine? How, how do we manage all the things that are craving our attention at the time. And so those are the things that we truly try to focus on. And um, another one too, that has been very prominent is mental health. And mental health has been something that at least in in some areas of the church has has been a little taboo or or just haven't been touched upon. And so those are the things we try to, you know, equip. And when we told them, when we told them that we're going to do a series on this, we're going to do a series on that. Some of their eyes are like, wide open like they can't believe we're going to touch on these subjects and we're going to touch on these topics but those are how we reach out to them how we stay connected to them and so um those have been some of the things that we think that have been very prominent during this time that's excellent i love that and sister mitzi considering the time and age we we are currently living in what are some areas that you would say that and topics possibly that the church should be equipping young people with the most 
And and looking at where we, the, the day and age that we live in now, and I know even like Genesis and Jacob, even that generation can't, they can't truly appreciate the the generation that they live in, um, what the access to information means, because it's always existed. It's always been there. And so I think this generation faces things um, in just in leaps and bounds and at a level that I didn't face it. And um, that's one thing that we focus on a lot um, is that it literally 24-7, there's a distribution of what is happening in the world that is unprecedented. I mean, something could be happening in Japan and China, and there, there are just everyday people on the street that are throwing it out to the world. So this generation lives with, you know, the struggle has always existed, but the level, the onslaught of it, I think, is where the difference comes in, is that 24-7, they have the world's ideology, ungodly views, opinions, lifestyle, and they're just thrown at them. And when you imagine that that's literally happening every minute, every second of the day, the time that we spend in comparison to bolstering ourselves with the knowledge of God is is not enough. It, there's there's not enough balance there because it is an onslaught. There's so much out there, and I think I see young people and young adults struggle with with that. You see, you know, all of these things that existed since since the beginning of time, whether it's um, sexual perversion, um, same-sex relationships, you name it. And I've seen young people raised on, in, in church who don't know how to sort through that and say, you know what, um, if, if I would allow myself in, in my humanity to say, well, you know, who would go through that? Who would put themselves out there and, it, and, it, and admit to that if they weren't really that way, if God didn't make them that way? Because if I can't balance it with knowledge of the word of God and say that is a soul, that is a soul that needs to be loved, but God said, I did it, that that's wrong, that that's not something that's not right. And so I've seen adults raised in church that struggle with how to speak to that. And they they have so much of the world. So you coming to them in the world's ideology and they put science behind it. They try to even, you know, attach it to science that doesn't exist. And so all of that to say, I think two areas that are critical. Number one, first and foremost, are spiritual disciplines. The only way to combat what comes at us is a strong walk with God, prayer, devotion, fasting, and a knowledge of God's word. And I think there's a big gap there, even in young people raised in church. I see a gap in their knowledge of the word of God. Sometimes it's so surface. And I think there needs to be a focus on that because 
that only comes through spiritual discipline saying, I'm going to invest time in the word of God daily. I'm going to invest time daily in prayer. I'm going to invest time daily in devotion and surrounding myself with the things that are going to feed my soul so that I can combat, you know, the things that are coming against me. And second of all, because of what I talked about earlier, um, how to really talk and reach the unchurched. Um, Genesis and, and Jacob and I, we, we even had a session on this that my mom uh, taught and, and worked with us about, you know, how do you talk to someone who has no um, no concept of God, no concept of what's right? Um, and I've even heard young people tell me, you know, Sister Mitzi, we, all we get told is, well, this is a sin, that's a sin. And then in turn, we feel like, well, you know, oh, well, they're they're sinning. I don't know how to connect with that. I don't know how to talk to that person. And yet we have kids that are going to high school, that are going to college, and they've got friends, you know, where the girl has a girlfriend, the boy has a boyfriend, and they're they're living in, in, in the same world with them on a day-to-day basis, but they don't know how to talk to them. They don't know how to take their Christianity and their walk with God and reach out to that person. And and yes, we have to teach our young people what's right and what the, the Word of God says about things. But we also have to realize that while, yes, we know that it's morally wrong according to God's Word, God still loves them. And he desires to reconcile them. And I see I see that young people have told me, Sister Mitzi, we don't know how to talk to somebody. Like I wouldn't know how to go and talk to someone that lives in a way that I know is against God's word and against God's teachings um, because they haven't been equipped. You know, it's mm-hmm. not, we can't just say, well, that's wrong, that's sin. How do I reach that person that needs God? I think that is a very, very interesting topic and we can definitely expand on that and we can make it even a part two of that because right now we can't face it by just simply turning away from it and pretending that it's not there. I think that right now the, what we're facing, what, what we're seeing and how things are changing, it, it can't be handled the way that it was in the past where, well, we can just sweep it under the rug and pretend that it doesn't exist. Now, as leaders, I think we have to face those questions. And if as a leader right now, and correct me if I'm wrong or if maybe if I'm viewing at this a little too aggressively, but as leaders, if we're not uncomfortable right now because we're having to expand our capacity, we're having to prepare better, we're having to learn and dig into information more, and we're having to study the trends and study uh, how people are reacting or what the big questions are right now, then how can we equip? Then if, as a leader right now, it should be the most uncomfortable time that we've, ever exp- that we've ever experienced just simply because of how much that we're having to take in and we're having to go back maybe to the drawing board to learn more and to get the information and to equip ourselves to be able to then pour out into the rest of the young people. Yeah, no, I agree because I mean, and and to just looking at it from my own background and how I grew up, you know, there wasn't a time when, when I was equipped for this, you know, I, I didn't even get that training or that teaching. That was something that through having a loving and a godly home 
and, and parents who had a heart for people. And I had a heart myself to say, you know, this can't be right. We just can't say, oh, that's sin or that's wrong, or we don't believe in that. And then not equip ourselves in saving people and giving them truth. And we have to give them the truth from a place of love. And I have seen, and I think, and part of it I get, I know as leaders, as pastors, as people, as parents, we get so angry sometimes because we feel like, you know what? There, it's just being dumped on us. You know, you, you can't you can't uh, open your 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 social media feed, any of them. You can't look on the news. You can't see anything in life where you, you we don't feel like it's just pushed on us, forced on us. And so, yes, we are in the world, but not of the world. But we can't save people by putting a fence around ourselves and saying, that's wrong. We don't go near it. And I see people even be, you know, I, I had a boss at work and she professed to love the Lord, knew what I believed, um, you know, understood the apostolic experience, um, speaking in other tongues. And she, she said, oh, she, she said he, she said he's homosexual. It just makes me sick. And I thought, Oh my goodness, mm. as a Christian, yes, yeah. that should bother me, but it sh- I should feel the I should feel hurt by it. I should feel crushed that 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 person is in that state and without God. You know, I shouldn't have a problem talking to them or loving them or treating them with, with the same respect that I treat every other coworker with. And I think that's where the disconnect is at. And our young people have seen that. It's like we preach against it, but we don't preach how to to reach out because we're seeing it more and more. And you have more and more confused young people because moms and dads, instead of teaching them and guiding them in the world, they're allowing them just to make decisions about everything on their own. God, religion, what gender I think I am, you know, and not really just giving them any guidance in life. It's just a free for all. And we we have to know how to love through that. We got to have a genuine love for souls. And we're going to come across this in the people that walk into our church. And if our if our group doesn't know how to bring them in and and love them and and minister to them, um, then we're doing we're not doing the things we need to do or all that we need to do. Right. And it's not easy. Yeah, definitely. And that is very, very insightful. Thank you for sharing that. And I think that in the times that we're living in, and just to piggyback off of what you've mentioned, if we're not facing it the way that the way that you explained it then and i say that because we can question how we're approaching and how we're engaging and how we're equipping we can question that but i think that with um with the topic that that we're touching on we have to be very intentional and we have to be prepared to face it and to answer these difficult questions and we also have to be careful with not misleading the people with 
hating the sin or preaching against the sin, but still trying to reach the person. And that's where our relatability comes into play. And that's where our transparency and all of that comes into play as a leader. But I think we also have to be careful on how we're, we're preaching against it. We're preaching against the sin and what the Bible says about it. But we also want to help save the person. So as leaders, what are some of the things that we can do to be more intentional? And I want to, I want to ask Jacob, what can you share with us about being intentional when it comes to equipping or maybe even discipling young people? Um, I think it's, uh, we just have to be very uh, aware, you know, in our relationships with those people and also our, our spiritual, uh, our spirit, spiritual aspect. Uh, I think like how Mitzi was, Sister Mitzi was saying how, you know, because of that person was, you know, uh, living a, a non-Christian life that they were, it was like, that was like, no, that's bad. You know, that's, that makes me angry that that person's like that. And I think uh, being more intentional, looking at more of an intentional aspect, you know, your heart should hurt for the, for that person, you know, and that goes along with our, our, our students and, and, and members in the church. You know, we have to kind of be more, uh, when we see them struggling, when we see them needing help in certain areas that we're more, you know, it, it's more intentional in trying to uh, to show that our heart hurts for them, that they're struggling, but being able to help them, being able to to teach them, to teach them what they're trying, what they need, what needs to be learned, what te- but not just but what we think, obviously, because if we just teach of what, what they need to learn based on what how we, they they should handle things, how they should handle their spiritual life by our our thoughts, then we're we're doing this wrong. You know, we have to you know explain, break down. You know, have 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 you know, hard, hard talks, but also just be more, just be more of a teacher at the, at that moment, being more, uh, open, being more, like we were saying earlier, just be vulnerable with them. Just be honest, you know, no, no, no taboo, no hot, no trying to sugarcoat, no, no, just, just honest talks, you know, honest conversations, what they're feeling, help, having them be heard, having them, you know, the, giving them the opportunity to, to speak and to, uh, you know, just, just showing that initiative that you're trying to, you know, help them and it's not to just bang on them, not to just bash on them because we've we've had this situation come and come again where someone's struggling and they're 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 shunned from the youth group, they're shunned from the the young adults and and a lot of uh young adults that have left the church, you know, that's that's majority of the time that's one of the big reasons why they decide to step out, you know, after high school, after college, because they don't feel that they have that support at the church, you know. So we have to make sure we're being intentional with our support that it's not we're supporting them whether they're here or not, you know, even with the people that aren't, aren't here today with us, we're still reaching out to them. We're still, you know, asking them, Hey, how are you doing? Everything. All right. You know, we're, our door is always open, you know, let's meet up for coffee. Let's go get something to eat. And, you know, that's great. And I think that, um, it requires effort being intentional. We know that it requires effort when you're talking about building leaders that requires effort. You're talking about discipleship, engaging that requires energy that requires effort and we completely trust in God and in a direction there. But Genesis, do you feel that the equipping of young adults for life and for faith has been compromised by the effort and the intentionality that it requires? I'm interested on what you could share with us about that. I think sometimes we, rightfully so, are, are so busy in our own lives that we fail to fill up our cup or increase our capacity or, or take the challenge to do so. And so when we, we fail to do that, we, we lose a majority of our, of our, our, our young people, of our, our students. And so I think that's why it's important for us to, to just keep in mind that 
in in us increasing our capacity, we're also called to make disciples and, and increase and bring people along the journey with us. And I feel like that's what Mitzi has done, at least with me, you know, she's really, you know, she saw the burden that I had for other people. And, and she was like, all right, I'm going to take you along this journey. And she really took the time to to bring me along, to teach me the ropes. And I know Mitzi and I have had a lot of heart to hearts. And, and the reason I do a lot of stuff now is because she taught me how to do it. And so it's really learning how to trust our leaders, submit to our leaders and learn from their experiences and learn what they have tried and what has not worked, what has worked and, and, and seeing what the Bible says about it and formulating that. And when we are able to bridge that gap and, and connect the practical with the biblical, we're able to reach a, a greater, a far greater um, multitude of students and, and, and open up their, their eyes to, to some of, uh, some of the things that don't often get mentioned. Yeah, that's great. And thank you for sharing that also. And Sister Mitzi, before we move on to empowering, and I think that's a very important topic as well, but I wanted to see what you could share with us about um, this question. When it comes to the focus on equipping, we know that we should be focused on it. We know that we should be intentional with it. We know that it should be on purpose. Should the church carry more of the responsibility or does is this done more effectively at the home? What can you tell us about the relationship between the church and equipping when it comes from inside the home? And of course, I mean, this, this is a tough one um, because at the heart of it, the true responsibility lies with mom and dad. It should. Um, you know, I always tell people that, um, you know, God created the family before he created the church. And so the family existed first. And that intent was that passing down, um, you know, of knowledge. Um, but, you know, and, and obviously always the very best situation is the foundation of a strong home. You know, parents that live for God and parents that are able to equip. OK, but not every young person has that. And, you know, as we mentioned before, that even in young people raised in church, um, I've seen a lot who lack basic knowledge of the Bible, you know, and and the thing is, it's, you know, if you look at how things happen and, and you're, you're a dad, you're a husband, you can, you know, relate to this is that a lot of times parenting habits, whether they're good or bad, routines, approaches to life, they, they get passed from one generation to the next. And so, um, you know, what you had before, uh, you know, you tend to, to carry on. And so a gap that exists in one generation is often passed on to that next one unless you break the cycle. And so even though, yes, the response you, I would, I mean, how great and how strong would our churches be if, every home was strong. If, you know, every parent was, you know, it's so funny that Jen used the word journey. I mean, we spend too much time together. Genesis, we, we talk each other's sentences, okay. you know, I, I had put down, you know, take them on your journey. And I, you know, I, I know growing up in, in with parents that were in ministry, um, you know, I, I heard my mom talking on the phone, counseling, guiding people. They taught us how to approach people. We sat and listened to them teach a, a Bible study, um, you know, and so a lot of that I learned from them. 
And so, but as a leader, you know, my heart is to, is when I see the gap, to fill it. You know, even though, yes, that perfect place is, if it could start at home, um, you know, and and I remember as a child, and of course, my, my father, um, it, he grew up with, I, I would say, partial truth in the, in the Assembly of God Church, but he never chose to live for God. There was never a real pattern uh, of teaching and all of that. And so he didn't have that. But my dad chose to close the gap. And so when he got in church when I was 18 months old, there was almost a desperation in him that he would he would not repeat that. You know, um, we had family prayer. Um, you know, I was back in the day of records. That dates me. I had every Bible story you can imagine. The book with the record, the record player. I just spent my days listening to Bible stories as a kid. And so I have that, that every young person doesn't. And so for me, going to Sunday school was simply a reinforcement of what I got at home. Where sometimes now, even we're getting adults, young adults, that we're trying to equip for life, and they don't have the basics. And so we're constantly having to navigate between the age group of equipping them to navigate life, but they also need the basics of Christian living. Um, so I think I think it's a balance, and I think as leaders, we just have to be sensitive of what mixes in our group and try to bridge that gap. By looking at the the way that this was formatted, it was completely unintentional. Um, whenever I was preparing for this, preparing for this talk with, with the team here, uh, it was unintentional. When I went back and looked at my notes yesterday, uh, I noticed that there was a little bit of a theme with engaging equipping and then empowering engaging first you're connecting with them equipping your teaching and empowering now you're sending them the way that jesus sent out his disciples after he equipped them now you're sending out and this is the hands-on portion this is the hands-on where you're allowing them the space uh, with specific parameters possibly uh, to learn and to be able to be hands-on with the ministry what are effective ways that we can empower young adults in our churches and maybe Genesis, you could take this one to start uh, about empowering. What are some effective ways that we can empower young people in our churches? Um, one of them is, is truly just talking to them and asking them, Hey, like what, what's going on? Like, what are, what are you dealing with? What are things you want to talk about? And I feel like every single, well, we make the, the effort to after every Sunday school when we meet with them, we we kind of touch upon them and and really truly asking them what do they want to do because at the end of the day we can plan all these things we can try to do all these things with them but if their heart's not in it if they're not engaged and they don't feel like they're a part of the journey and they don't identify with our mission what we're trying to do with them then where there, there's a lack of connection there. And so truly just asking them and engaging. And like you said, um, just forming those relationships is, is, is truly important and meeting them in the middle, meeting them where, where, where they're at and, and, and just um, it, it's hit or miss sometimes, but just being consistent with it. I just wanted to tag on to what Genesis said. Um, 
because we we know that we are dealing with loss in this in this age group in the church is that I think we we need to give them a seat at the table. You know, we often say, like Jacob was talking yeah. about earlier, hey, can you help me with this? Can yeah. you do this? You know, can can you be a part of this? But when you include them on idea sharing and and planning and and allow them to have a seat at the table, it gives them ownership and yeah. it it tells them this is my church. That's really good. That's an excellent point of view. Do you feel that empowering young people that way, giving them a seat at the table, do you feel that that gives them the space to be creative, more committed and more engaged? So, so one thing that we have done that's been a great blessing with, with our, with our group is, uh, you know, we kind of started our own, uh, hyphen committee and we, you know, got, got some, uh, some of the young adults, you know, to help us out, uh, with things, you know, it's, it's, uh, going from helping out planning an event or helping out with uh hey can you come early to set up set up set up shop at the at the in the in the annex in the back of our church um hey we need help posting something can you make a make a quick uh quick uh, flyer for for this for this event that we're going to have you know mm-hmm. so just like how sister Mitzi you know gave me and Jen the opportunity to help her we're also you know having help for the helpers you know we joke around about that uh but uh, it, in reality, it has really helped us, you know, to give other people opportunity, you know, to to learn how to how to be a helping hand in, in, in the in the church, because as far as like our hyphen group but in the church, you know, we're all the body of Christ. We all help out every every soul in the church has a, has a part to play, you know, so kind of doing that within our group kind of teaches them how to how to how to demonstrate that in, in, in the hyphen group and the young adults and with the youth. Um, they, they learn those, those, those things with us. And then they're able to demonstrate that outside of youth, you know, in the church, in the music ministry, a lot of us and them are involved in the music in different, uh, and when they grow older or when they go to different ministries and when they do different things, they, they keep those foundations of how to plan an event, how to put, to, how to get people together to do something, you know, you're kind of just teaching them how to, how to do things. And so they can do those things eventually on their, on their own or in their own, uh, ministry. So that's something that's kind of, and they feel they want to do, you know, this, this new group of, of hyphen is just on fire. You know, they're, they're always asking, so what's the next thing? What's the next thing? It's like, uh, we'll let you know as soon as we know, you know, but, uh, they keep us on our toes. Yeah, they do keep us on our toes, which is awesome. And we keep them on their toes as well. So just like, you know, just everybody helps each other. Everybody is, is actively doing something that they're, and we, and using their skills that they have, you know, if we know someone is very talkative and very good at connecting, we'll use them to say, Hey, can you, can you message everybody in, in this, in the, in the afternoon service to help? And then a person in the morning service will say, we'll tell them, Hey, can you reach out to the morning people? And so like just using their skill sets to, to just build and, 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 and try to learn what their skills is, skill sets are to be able to do those things. See, now you got my brain going and there's so many things that I want to ask you guys now, but I want to be respectful of your time also. There's so many things now that he brought up that are very, very intriguing to me and very, um, that, that really grabbed my attention. That's very, very well, uh, very, very great response. But one of my favorite areas of, of uh, youth ministry is seeing the young people grow and seeing the young people being hands-on. And seeing them evolve in a specific ministry, a specific area, or even even in life, 
you know, not necessarily from a platform or from a classroom setting or in the church walls outside in life, you know, seeing them engage with young people, seeing them actually put, uh, I guess, the tread on the on the on the on the road and actually gain some traction with what they're doing. That's my favorite part, seeing the results of that. And just before we let you guys go, Genesis, I wanted to ask you also and Jacob and Sister Mitzi, you're more than welcome to chime in as well. But we'll start with Genesis. What are some of the risks and rewards that are involved when you empower young people from a leadership view? What are some of those risks and rewards? Definitely some of the risks include um, sometimes challenging them and, and challenging them with love has been something that some people are ready for and some people are not ready for and, and just learning to love them in every aspect of that. Um, Cause some people's confidence isn't as strong as, you know, they, they perceive it to be, or they demonstrate it to us to be. So when we challenge them and they're, they kind of coil back a little bit, they, um, we, we learn, we're like, Oh, there's, there's a deeper thing that we need to get, you know, help them with and figure that out. So that's been a, a risk of, you know, hit or miss and, and getting them to, to join in on, on the mission that we want to get them to. And, and, um, God's leading us to to figure out, but some of the biggest rewards is just truly seeing them serve in a capacity that sometimes they've never thought they could, and seeing them gain that confidence in in their knowledge of God and and in their um, knowledge of others and treating others with respect, with love, and and just seeing them serve it, it just makes my heart happy, and it it just yeah, I just rejoice with it. Yeah, I think for me, uh, it's it's a big, uh, when, I, when I think of like the risk aspects, I think of it more as trial and error. You know, there's some things that we, we've done that didn't, you know, we didn't get the turnout we wanted. We, you know, not not as many people were able to attend or for whatever reasons, it just didn't go the way that we, you know, wanted to. But taking those moments to, you know, let's, let's learn this. What, what can we do differently? What can we uh, uh, just get feet, try to try to get feedback. And that's something we do. Uh, all, with uh, all three of us, we have, uh, you know, consistent meetings of like, hey, let's talk about this event uh, that happened. You know, what, what, what were the pros and cons? What worked? What didn't work? And so a lot of it is just uh, trial and error. You know, keep, you know, that doesn't mean you stop doing things because things aren't working out, but you try to approach it differently, consistently mm -hmm. trying new things, uh, always, you know, like engaging more, engaging every time we do something and just just keep trying. And that's, that's also the reward of it. Cause sometimes it cannot go the way you want it to for a couple of times. And then third time's a charm, you know, you know, the, it, it, all of a sudden, you know, get it, it works, it works and it gets better. And, you know, just being more consistent with it is something that, um, you know, we try to do. And it's just, it's just putting, putting ourselves out there to learn, to, to, to be better and just to, you know, do, do all we can for, for our group and our students. Being open to fail too. Yeah. That's a great point, being open to fail. And I think that in the past with more millennials, that has probably been one of the fears, one of the bigger fears. And I don't see that here in the current generation. I don't know if you would agree with that, Sister Mitzi, because with the current generation, I see them very bold. I see this generation very different from the millennials where maybe fear um, was, was a big thing then. But now with this generation, I see them very, very active, very bold. And very fearless. If I would describe them in one word, it would probably be fearless because they're willing to start the ministries. They're willing to uh, start the new businesses. They're willing to start uh, a new career, a new venture, a new area. 
and they face it boldly and they're not they're not afraid to fail so much as as maybe the generations in the past and i love to see that and i think that this generation is truly truly going to impact uh the world that we're living in and what you're doing sister mitzi jacob genesis the lt team what you're doing in the way that you're engaging equipping and empowering young people is very, very powerful. And I commend y'all for that. I commend your leadership for that. And it's something that we can all learn from. And, and I want to thank you all for coming onto this platform, to this podcast and sharing the knowledge and wisdom. But I did want to ask you one more question, Sister Mitzi. Is that okay with you? Oh, of course. When we're talking about empowering, just before I let y'all go, how can leaders promote a secure, healthy space for mentorship? And I ask this because... I think that being fearless with this generation, I think they're also afraid to maybe ask the questions because of how it may be perceived or regardless of the reason, maybe approaching the mentorship the right way or finding the right avenues to be mentored. How can leaders promote a secure, healthy space for mentorship? I think, first of all, you have to advocate for it. <clears throat> and sometimes even with, you know, while I might be comfortable with it, and I've been so, so proud of Jacob and Genesis, and I know they've given me a lot of accolades today, but they deserve many themselves because they have they have taken feedback, they have taken discipline, they have taken anything I've needed out, and they truly are, you know, taking on that passion, you know, for equipping other people. And the thing is, I don't, I don't know if they would feel as comfortable doing it had I not like given that permission, you know what I'm saying? Like advocating for it and showing that I support it. Um, you know, when they first came to me with the idea about, you know, is there any reason we can't do committees? I said, Oh my goodness, do it. You know, you guys can't go to school and work and, you know, team teach and help me carry lessons and stuff and all the ministries that we're involved in being a smaller church um, and try to do all of this yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, I said, and that's the that's the beauty of it is that you empower them and you're training so that this ministry exists in the next generation. Um, and so I think we have to lead by example. It's one thing to say, yeah, I think we should let them be more involved, but then I limit their involvement. Mm-hmm. And I don't give them that chance to get out and do. And they're not always going to do it the way I would do it or or how I would think it would be done. People make mistakes. That's part of learning. Um, and I think you you have to give that 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 place to make mistakes and giving them a soft place to land and learn from their mistakes. And um, I can tell you from from past leadership, not my current leadership, but I've gotten pissed back before, you know, because they, you know, they wanted service run the way I ran it. And of course, if I've got another singer or a leader or someone else on a keyboard and I'm taking, you know, a a step back in another role to allow for that, then it's going to be a little bit different. So it's got to be um, it's got to be an acceptable practice. And it's got to be one that the church leans into um, because they see the leadership lean into it and say, hey, we're going to get behind this youth-led service today. We're going to get behind these young people that are, you know, taking on this ministry or taking on this mission or this particular event that we're having. And we're going to show our support as they learn 
you know, and I think there has to be that passion for that, for that next generation to learn, but we have to do it not in just words. We have to do it in action. That is excellent. Thank you for sharing that. So you are all right now in the middle of planning something very, very big. There's big plans coming up, right? So tell me what's going on in August and what do the hyphen young adults have to look forward to in August? Yeah, definitely. So we're launching off in August our first ever hyphen RAND service that's open for everyone. So August 26th um, at 7 p.m. at Life Tabernacle, Tabernaculo de Vida. If you're you're available, please come join us that Friday night. We're really going to, um, the theme of our service is, is for my good, por mi bien. And so sometimes um, after going to the committee and, and we had a prayer and fasting week for this, um, God really impressed this 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 message, this topic, this theme on on our hearts is sometimes we so much is going on, we don't know what's going on, but we have to trust that God's working it all out for our good. And so we're excited to have um, new speakers and some more seasoned speakers. So we're excited Jacob's going to bring our keynote. And Brother Jay, you're going to be bringing the message that night. And we're so excited for you to be with us and um, to really have our hyphen involved in something that they often go to. They attend a lot of these regional services, district services, conferences, but they sometimes don't feel like they can be a part of that production or they can be a part of something like that. And so we just wanted to bring that to them and, and really just get on board with everyone and excited for what God's going to do that night. Yeah, we're, we're really excited for, for, for that. Um, planning it, just putting it all together. It, we've, it's another thing. We're also learning how to put a service together, which I had no idea that Everything the amount that of time to- and effort, you know, you think it's just, oh, get a, get a speaker, get some musicians, invite some people and, and that's it. Like, no, it's, it's not <laughs> like that. And we've learned, you know, with, with blessings from, from our pastor and our assistant, Pastor Monday, Pastor Hopkins, you know, allowing us to do it as well. Um, but, uh, and Mitzi taking Mitzi, the, Mitzi, just letting us run with it. <laughs> so we were thankful. Oh, and they, it's all them too. Uh, I, it's kudos all around because I am simply the cheerleader on the sidelines reading over notes, reading over all this information they've been putting together. So everything from fundraising to, to making all happen to choosing the committees. Um, it, it's been Genesis and Jacob all the way. So super, super proud and just really looking forward to to the outcome of, of such a good service that a lot of heart is, is going into. And I'm very excited for it. I'm looking forward to it and I'm very honored to be a part of it and to see this unfold and to participate in it. And I'm very excited, honored, and uh, I see it as a privilege to know all of you, to work alongside of you and to participate in this upcoming conference. So by the time that this releases, it's going to be a week away. So this is going to release on August 19th and we're going to be a week away from the conference. So uh, reach out to this group, reach out to the, to, to the team and get the information, share the flyer, uh, be present. And I know that God's going to move in a very special way. So where can people connect with your team, with the youth group? Uh, Where can they find you on social media? Yes. So we're only on Instagram. Uh, That's where we have all our, uh, post uh that's also where we have our flyer our uh, account is uh hyphen.htx uh that's we post uh like we said we post a lot of content not specifically for just our hyphen group but just you know any any person that's a young adult uh doesn't matter if you're from texas you're from new york california it's it's for all people anybody that 
it's just wanting to learn more content. We talk about uh, uh, just a post on our lessons, uh, recapping our, our series that we do, uh, you know, a, a lot of devotions midweek. Uh, we do uh, support and post a lot of things going around the district. Tips. Um, tips. We do uh, a lot of lists. We do a lot of uh, breaking down uh, things like fasting, uh, you know, or like conflict resolution, uh, responding to setbacks. Um and just a lot, a lot of a lot of uh, devotions and a lot of things that a lot of financial is also on here that we've done. So uh, just it's just from anything anything to anything really. Um, we will be posting more information on the service. Uh, we have one post to save the date. Again, it's August twenty uh, sixth, and we'll post more information about uh, what's going on, uh, times, uh, the location. It's at LT and Tabernacle de Vida. We'll post the address. We'll post more information, but. Uh, uh, so again, it's hyphen .htx. We'd love for for y'all to give it a follow, check us out, uh, uh, and we have all that information. Thank you for your time, LT team, Sister Mitzi, Jacob, Genesis. Thank you for coming onto this platform, and I really, truly honor you. Com uh, I commend you, and I applaud all the work and dedication that you're putting into young people. And I know that it's making a difference in a lot of people's lives. And we're looking forward to the conference. I love what you guys are doing with social media. And you'll see me often share what you post uh, because I want everybody that can get their hands on it to to see it because it's very, very, uh, very important. And I, and I love the way that you're approaching that. And thank you again for being a part of the podcast, Sister Mitzi. Thank you for your time. Thank you for inviting us. And it was our honor. Jen, Jacob, thank you for coming on to the podcast. And I know it's not going to be the last time with Sister Mitzi and with you guys. And looking forward to what God is doing in the future. Thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having us. God, we're excited to be a part of what you're doing. And your podcast has, has truly helped us a lot. It has impacted the way we think. It has provided a fresh perspective. So we're also one of your number one supporters and we're excited. Yeah, we're waiting on the next one. So yeah, thank you so much for that. Thank you for the support. And, and we love y'all and we're praying for y'all and we know that God's going to continue using you guys in a very great way. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. Thank you for being part of our conversation today. I will leave some links in the description below where you can connect with LT's youth ministry team. So don't forget to check that out. If you enjoyed today's podcast, I would love for you to subscribe. Also, you could help us reach others by leaving a good rating or by leaving a review, or you could even share it on social media. And that would mean so much to me. In the meantime, I would love to connect with you. In the description below, you will find some links where you can do that. You can also visit the blog page where you can find more helpful content like this at inspired to inspired.org. That's inspired, the number two inspired.org. And for now, continue moving forward in the direction God is leading you. Continue taking steps closer in becoming who God has intended you to be so you can be impactful in every area of your life. God bless, and we'll see you on the next one.